Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Behind the Horse's Eyes. I'm your gracious host, Ryan. We had an opportunity to sit down and interview Skylar Beebe of Utah today. Skylar has a pretty good following on the app TikTok. That's how we started interacting. I found more about his hobbies by conversing through the app and sharing information about horses. And he has some pretty amazing hobbies around being a horseman that I just found fascinating. And I'm pretty sure you guys will too. I'm still speechless with with what this guy does. He's also a Mustang enthusiast. So if you're into the feral horses, Skylar's your guy. I'd also like to thank today's sponsor, Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is the easiest way to make a podcast. You don't need any fancy equipment. All you need is a smartphone. You can download the Anchor app at anchor.fm or wherever you download apps, be it the App Store or whatever device that you're on. Anchor takes care of everything. You create the content, they monetize it, and distribute it for you. And the best part is, Anchor is free. Anchor is free for everyone. So head on over to anchor.fm today, download, and get started. So without any further ado, let's jump into this interview with Skylar. Today I am joined by Skylar Beebe, Utah native, horseman, marine. Skylar, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Ryan? So, uh, tell the folks a little about yourself. Oh, well, I'm, uh... A Marine vet of eight years and two deployments. Um, I, I'm a horse enthusiast. I love them. I've, I just bought a new one and, and bought her home last night. So she's going to be a fun one to use this year for all of my adventures. Um, hopefully I get to take my son out on those adventures as well. And, uh, and I'm just excited to see what, what life holds. Um, I like to I'd like to use her to, to help some veterans out a little bit too with some equine therapy because that's that's where I kind of got started back into horses over the last year. Uh, I grew up with them. I, I've been riding since I was six months old, but uh, I took probably about a 10-year break from them for, you know, whatever reason. And and uh, I didn't end up getting back into them until uh, my, my buddy, you'll know him, uh, Rocco Vargas. I know him very um, well. <laughs> yeah, he uh he he got me into the equine therapy uh to help out with with depression and anxiety and whatnot. Um and I decided I was gonna keep going with it and I I I missed having him around and so here we are. You know, when you bring that up, I've got to see Vincent Vargas on a horse. Oh, I haven't even seen that one yet. I've gotten his kids on on uh on an 18 hand warm blood once, but that was, he wouldn't get on. He is a, he is a gentleman that's definitely putting together his own softball team at this point. Oh, Jesus Christ. More than that. Yeah. He is, uh, I'm, you know what? He's in a great career field being an actor and everything else he's got going on. He can afford it. And that's awesome. If I could afford it, I would too. I love mine. I've got three. And they eat me out of house and home. But um, yeah, so those adventures that you were just talking about, 
So you've got some pretty interesting things that you do with horses um, outside of therapy. Um, you do the Pony Express ride every year, and you guys do something with Buffalo. You've got to tell us what you do with Buffalo because this is the most interesting thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, well, so there's an island in the middle of the Great Salt Lake here in Utah, and uh, <clears throat> it's home to about 2,000 head of, of buffalo. Um, so every year in November, what the state does is they invite people with horses to come out to the island uh, for a small fee of $80 um, to come and round the buffalo up and herd them into wintering pastures um, so that they can, you know, keep an eye on them, make sure they're fed, make sure nobody's freezing to death or slipping and falling off of the steep hills that are up there, um, making sure they can get their inoculations and all of their vet care taken care of um, and all of that fun stuff. So it's, it's a good time. Um, usually you're not allowed to ride off of, <clears throat> right off of the trail more than a hundred feet. And that's usually just to get out of the way of cyclists or people running on the trails or hikers or other horses or anything like that. Um, but for that day that you're out rounding up the, the Buffalo, you, you have free roam of the entire Island to go find them and bring them in. You make that sound just easy and you just ride your horse out. We find Buffalo and, and bring them in. Um, from my understanding, those things can be pretty rank. It, um, it, it can get pretty Western really quick. Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, but you've got to understand, too, out here, the island is the only state park within like a two-hour radius of, of where we're at. And so these animals, they see people all the time. They see horses all the time. They're, they're used to that, and they tend to give to the pressure rather than fight against it and push into you. So, um, if you're not coming up at them real hard and aggressive, like maybe you potentially would with cattle, I mean, you're, you're probably going to be all right. As long as you're staying, you know, within 30 or 40 yards off of them, they're going to move off of you. Uh, they don't, they don't want to have any problems any more than you do. So, and they do this every year. So they, they know the drill. So have you had any, you know, mishaps or, has there ever been an instance while you were doing that where you were just like, whoa, wait a minute. Did I just throw 80 bucks away to get hurt today? Um, no, I, I did, I've never even heard of anybody getting, getting charged, um, during the roundup. I, this last spring, I actually, I watched a guy almost get his, his life card taken. <laughs> almost he, unalived. Uh, oh, very close being unalived he uh he he got out of his car and was taking a picture of of a big bull that was about 30 yards off the road and this guy got within uh 10 yards of this buffalo taking pictures of him and he obviously didn't understand what the warning signs were this this animal started pawing started grunting and snorting throwing his head all over um raised his tail and, and mock charged. And, and even after that first mock charge, the guy didn't get the picture. He thought it was great. He was laughing about it and everything. And, uh, so I'm like, well, 
here we go. I walk into my truck. I grab my, my med kit. And I was like, this is going to be what happens. I turn around and this Buffalo starts like for real charging him. And somehow he made it back into his, his vehicle before the Buffalo caught up to him. But I mean, it, he got real close. But yeah. other than that, I don't, I've never really even heard of, of there being much of an issue with, with the animals on the Island out here. You know, I see, I see here in, in the East, um, you guys, you know, we're, we're almost separated by an entire country if you think about it. And, but I see, yeah. I see here in the East and in, in the great Smokies, uh, we have a place that we like to go vacation every year, uh, up around Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And, uh, there's a, national park there is part of the great smokies um national park and you ride through and it's a bunch of old farms and stuff um you know that's just there preserved but uh there's signs everywhere that take you know leave the wildlife alone don't touch them especially the bears and there's always a group of people every time i go that's got a a young bear cub treed and they're standing under the tree taking pictures, just laughing and joking and have no clue that mama bear, it, it, she's an eyesight. She's watching everything. You're just, she hasn't decided to unalive you yet. That That's. Oh, that's absolutely. A- and, and she's usually going to be within, you know, at max 50 or 60 yards away. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's- <laughs> yeah. It's a hilly environment. So she's in a gully somewhere. You know, not too far away, just watching, you know, just just waiting for you to just walk away and leave one person behind. But um, you do something else that I, I also find just as interesting as is your work with Buffalo. And that's the Pony Express ride. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that 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 really piques my interest as well. Um, So, you know, you said that that we live almost an entire continent away. Um. When, when realistically, um, I could, I could get to you in, in 10 days on horseback, <laughs> um, probably not just me, but so the way that works is, um, I'm a member of the national pony express association. Um, and I'm, as, as you, I'm sure know, um, the pony express was established on April 3rd, 1860. And, and they were, um, taken out of service on October 26th, 1861. So they only had 18 months worth of, of runtime, but in that 18 months, they kind of made themselves a national treasure and really a world treasure at that rate too, because they took a 2000 mile distance and they delivered mail over that 2000 miles in 10 days. Um, and that's something that at that point in time was unrivaled. Um, usually it would, it would take mail to get that distance, you know, a month or two. And, uh, so the way they did that was they had about 190 stations from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California. Um, and those stations were, they were separated by 15 to 25 miles. Right. Um, and this made it so that that rider could run his horse as hard as he could for that 
15 to 25 miles, depending on the terrain, which is what dictated the distance. Um, and then get a fresh horse and keep going. Your typical rider for the pony express would go around 75 miles per day. Um, and, uh, that was unheard of for the time. I mean, that that's nuts. Yeah, well, hell, if you think about it, in, in today's terms, most people can't handle anything over a 10-mile-a-day ride. Um, and and even, even that's pushing it for, for some real experienced riders. Um, now, can you imagine doing that at a, at a minimum of a lope for 24 hours straight? Because about all the time that they had to stop was literally to switch the mochella from the old horse to the fresh horse and then get on and keep going. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I'm thinking back to some of the, the longest trail rides I've taken. These are trail rides at a, at a walking pace and, you know, six miles, something like that, five miles. And I'm sore. I'm, I've had enough. Oh yeah. It's, you, you definitely feel it by the end of it. Um, but the way we do it today, though, is obviously we have trucks and trailers and all that. We don't stop at the stations, um, although most of them are marked as historic sites along the trail. Um, but we don't we don't necessarily stop at all of the stations for that. Um, what happens is everybody's split up into teams. So in Utah, we have three teams. Um, one takes it from so this last year that we did it. We took it from the Nevada border to about a third of the way across the state. And then my team took it from that third to the next third. And then we passed it off to the next team, right? And so what it is, is we ride it at two-mile relays. And, and we're at an all-out gallop for that two miles. Um, they say that you have to do it within the two miles in under 12 minutes, which realistically you don't think is really that big of a deal. Um, you could do that at a lope. You could potentially with the right horse, do that at, at a quick trot. Um, but if you really consider most horses right now, um, that's still a lot of work for them. Two miles doesn't sound like a lot, but by the end of that 24 hours, you're looking at almost a hundred miles per horse and, and you're not switching. You're not switching out horses throughout that day either you're just giving that horse an hour break in between runs so what i mean what inspired you to want to get involved with that like did you just wake up one morning and we're like hey this is this is interesting i mean what what transpired to get you involved in, in, in doing that um so the rescue that i volunteer at the uh, the proprietor actually asked me if I was, if I wanted to do it. Cause I had been training some of his horses for him. And, uh, he asked me if I wanted to go and, and do the ride. It's like, hell yeah. You know, there's <laughs> how often do you get to go and ride across the state on, on horseback, you know, to see all those, those sceneries like this last year, I rode through an entire herd of Mustangs. Ah. <laughs> it was, it was one of those things like, it's just so picturesque and, and like, it's, it's majestic to be able to say that, that you rode a horse across the desert 
and through a herd of wild horses that, that at that rate have never seen a person within, you know, a hundred yards. You know, I'm just picturing this like picturesque scene of mountains and, and dust being kicked up and these wild Mustangs. And then there's you and the amount of jealousy that I have. <laughs> is, is... I'll have to, I'll have to send you a, a video of, of the horses that, that I rode through. That's that is nuts. Um, yeah, that, that's I am so fascinated in that um, because where I'm at is uh, I'm in I'm in warm blood and thoroughbred country. It's eventing and dressage and polo here. And, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's great. It, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for me um, to venture out in my riding um, and to experience um, the other side. Um, being a Western rider uh, and gave me a whole new appreciation um, for that side. But to, to live in the world that you live in with the Buffalo and the Pony Express and, you know, all those historic towns and, you know, the Pony Express stations. And I mean, that's, that is nuts. I mean, you, you've got to be living in, in cowboy heaven. Oh, I love it out here. It's, it's, it's gorgeous country. And I mean, during the ride too you're you're not just riding through the desert like we go from the so one of the actual stations that we do start at is it's called simpson springs and um that is an actual station from the original route um and so that starts out being in in some real crappy hot dusty desert um, but then as you get more towards Salt Lake City, which is something like 60 miles away, um, you start getting into the mountains and, and the greenery and, and all of that. So then you get to go and, and you're riding up through all that and seeing all the deer and elk and, and whatnot running around and, and trying to not get close to you while you're, while you're just minding your own business going. You've got me looking at like house listings right now. <laughs> well, it's it's expensive to live here these days. So, yeah, and that's one thing I can say. We've had a conversation earlier about you would you would think, um, especially being into horses in that country, it would be not so cost prohibitive. Um, and apparently I found out I have it made here compared to, to you guys out there. <laughs> um, and in some aspects, yeah, you have humidity. We don't. Well, and, and hay, abundances <laughs> of hay. Yeah, that too. You, you have that. So go ahead and rub that one in. Yeah, I, I bought hay this morning, uh, tested coastal Bermuda. I'm, I'm waiting for the booze. From the coast of Bermuda. I'm sorry, I don't buy nice Ontario Timothy or whatever. Um, yeah, mine mine stay fat and sassy on on uh, good grain in coast of Bermuda, and I give fifty bucks a bale, and I know what the, the forage quality is, and 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 everything, and bales run between eight hundred nine hundred pound. Yeah, see, I'm I'm buying a regular two string bell at sixteen dollars a bell now. Mm. yeah and that that uh that big three by four that that you're you're talking about is running me about 400 
Yikes. That, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, uh, that's cost prohibitive for me. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's rough. It sucks, but I mean, your horses are worth it. They absolutely are. Oh, 100%. And, and you know, I've, I've heard you say a lot that, you know, as, as horse owners, we, we tend to go without a lot, but, but if you really consider it, we, we really don't, we, we go without maybe, things that other people really care about but for the most part we have everything we need we've got our horses we've got you know a roof over our heads we got food what else do you need sanity we we, we, we yeah we gave up our sanity with the horses but no i'm I, you know what? i'm on board with that, you 100%. that's that's a good point <laughs> and uh, and i know exactly you know where you're going is yes we do we do give up a lot you know we give up a lot of creature comforts uh, a lot of extras uh because our horses are our extras um they're what makes us happy you know in the end and i can't imagine my life without horses and i'm sure you couldn't either they they are our our, our bright spot when we have a bad day they know all our secrets they're our best friends and that's something that's hard to explain to a lot of people you know on the outside looking in why you know why we do all the things we do and the things that we do do without, you know, a lot of us can't take those extravagant vacations. We owe the hay man, you know, um, we don't have brand new trucks. We have older trucks, you know, because we have to have a trailer too. Plus we have to feed our horses. And, uh, and it's hard to, to get people to understand that, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, why don't you sell the horses? You, you do a lot better. No, if I sell the horses, I'd be doing a lot worse mentally. I can tell you that right now. It'd be a big hole. I'll be empty. And when I mean a hole, I mean like a huge gaping hole if I got rid of horses. No, I completely understand that. Um, you know, I like I said, I, I went on a on a break from having horses for a long time and and you know, I I haven't really felt whole until until I got them again. And uh and and they just once you have them, they 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 ingrain into your soul. They really do. And, and it's one of those things that they leave that mark and it just, it's impossible to get rid of it. It is. I think it's a, you know, an imprint on the soul, the, the, the horse is, and, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'll probably catch some flack uh, because there's a lot of people that don't feel that way. They look at horses as, as another form of livestock. And part of me is okay with that. They are livestock. Um, my bond is just a little bit different. You know, I'm, I'm not flipping horses. Uh, I'm not training a lot of horses. Um, and I'm not on a bunch of different horses. I'm on my personal horses or some horses that my friends have. And I've got bonds with all those horses. You know, I'm, I'm buddies, you know, per se with all of those horses. Yeah. Well, and it's like a lot of times, you know, most people see cows as, as being just livestock and, and something that's, that's bred just for slaughter and all that. But you get a lot of regular everyday people that uh, when they do decide to get a cow for whatever reason, if they, they want to raise it, slaughter it at some point, but then they become attached to it because they've bonded with that animal. It's the same thing as your dog. You know, there's people that use hunting dogs and they see them as just being a tool but then your average everyday person has their dog that they're completely bonded with and they would be completely destroyed if that dog went missing or just 
died short of its time. Oh yeah, and then then you've got the the us type of dog owner, which is those that use their dog to hunt and as a tool, but is also their best friend, and they don't try to put that dog in any situation where it's going to fail or get hurt. And mm-hmm. and I think that's where horsemen kind of fall into that category, um, especially those that use their horses for sport. Um, you know, and if you don't care, you're, you're not. To me, you're not a horseman. You're a jockey. And and there's a big difference between being a jockey and being a horseman. Yeah. And, you know, I would almost say that even giving them the title jockey is, is maybe giving them a little more than, than, than they need and what more than they deserve at that rate too. Because I, if you're not, if you're going to have a living creature that completely depends on you 100% of the time, and you're going to treat it like it's just another object or it's just another thing you own rather than what a horse really should be is your partner. Um, so if you're going to treat your horse as anything other than your partner, honestly, you shouldn't even have that damn animal. Oh, I, I, I agree. 100%. 100%. So that brings me to this. Um, what do you want to accomplish this year with, with your horses, with, with all the other stuff that you do? What, what is your goal as a horseman this year? Um, so, uh, you've, you've seen my Mustang, you know, where he's at. <laughs> you've, you've heard me complain about my, my knee from the last time I got on him quite a bit. Um, so my biggest goal this year is I want to get him back in a, decent riding status um safely i i want to i want to take my time to get him there but i don't want to take too much time to get him there i I want him to do it the right way and i want him to do it because he wants to do it because he trusts me um rather than because i'm forcing him to do it you know what i mean um i've got my injury because i forced him to go that far and and that's that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how a partnership works. Oh no, and and it needs to be a partnership. You know, he needs to. You need to give him the choice, and I think a lot of people miss that step. Is you need to make it seem like it's the horse's choice to do anything. How is it trying to balance working full time, having a kid, and doing all of that? Because I find it hard which my time management stinks anyway but for you um how are you how do you cope with that um i just uh i don't have my son 24 7 i get him every other weekend so that frees up a lot of time with my horses um anytime after work Um, my job has has a real iffy schedule because i do inspections for construction so Um, A lot of the times I'm in the area with my horses anyways, and I'll have, you know, an hour to three hour gap between appointments. Um, And so I'll just go and and hang out with the horses and work with the horses during that, that gap. Um, But the, the days that I do have my son, it, it helps a lot that he shares the same passion, even at two and a half years old that that little boy is all about horses you can't you can't drive past a horse without him getting all excited and screaming and giggling and clapping and 
telling me, dad, dad, horse. I was like, yeah, dude, I see it. But <laughs> at the same time inside it, like it melts your soul because you're like, I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, it's like they'll say, and you start them young, raise them right. Oh, and it's so gratifying too. He's gotten to the point where the first thing he says to me when I pick him up from his mother's house is, Dad, can we go see my horse? And I'm like, bro, it's it's eight o'clock at night. Probably not tonight, though. <laughs> I love that. I, I love every bit of that. I'm here for that. Yeah. And and you know, he's he's not like your typical, you know, little little two-year-old either. He he does his own chores when he's with me. He feeds his horse. He he waters his horse. He cleans up after his horse. He brushes his horse. He's he does everything that he needs to do for his horse already. That's that's awesome. Well, Skylar, it is a pleasure to finally have you on. And I appreciate your insight on everything your your passion especially i mean you do some pretty interesting stuff that uh me personally i find extremely fascinating um as far as hobbies go with your horse i can only dream of doing stuff like that so um again thank you so very much for coming on uh it was a pleasure having you oh absolutely and you know what you you find your way out here in uh in mid-june and I will make sure you have a horse for the Pony Express. You know what? I might just take you up on that. That 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 sounds fun. And I uh, will absolutely make sure you have a horse for it. I've got I've got plenty that I don't own that I do a lot of riding on. So <laughs> that that sounds like a great weekend to uh, to create a bunch of crazy content. That would be a good one. Or if you really wanted to, you could bring your little Morgan out. Um, y'all would eclipse me with with her. She's a, <laughs> she's, she's 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 a pokey little thing, and then knowing my luck, she'd find a cactus and eat it. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so, she's a she's she's a great little horse, but uh, uh, she didn't get that typical Morgan speed. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, that's because she's not a full Morgan, right? No, she's not a full Morgan. So, she is a Morgan, and I something that was all i can say is something i i have no clue built like a morgan got a morgan head pintoed color i mean she's she's built like a morgan but she's she's a grade and there's something else in there and i i, I don't know <laughs> whatever that's, that's it is how i feel about my new horse because i i can't prove that she's an arab but she looks exactly like an arab quarter cross so. yeah well, I've got a Corab, so I'll I'll send you some pictures of my Corab, and uh, let you take let you take notes and uh, compare the two and see if they look alike. Sounds good to me. So, brother, it was a pleasure again to have you on, and uh, look forward to having you on in the future. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate the invite, and I uh, I definitely appreciate you having a conversation with me on it. Yes, sir. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure to have Skylar on tonight and get to sit down and pick his brain a little bit uh, as a horseman. 
especially all the cool stuff that he gets to do uh, where he's at with horses. You can find his content on TikTok, and that is at S-G-T-B-E-E-B-E, Sergeant B-B, all one word, on the TikTok app. I want to thank our sponsor, Anchor, one more time. All you guys listening and giving me your feedback, I greatly appreciate it. It helps this move along. It helps this get better. Uh, All the new followers over on TikTok, I appreciate all of you. We're about to hit 50,000 probably by the end of the month. And when I first started the journey, I had no idea it was going to grow to that. There's now a Facebook group um, put together by a bunch of uh, some friends I met over on the app. It is Ryan's Horse Talk on Facebook. There's all kind of shenanigans that go on in there. Uh, Feel free to join. Again, thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. We're going to try to get these out once a week. I've been toying with some ideas of maybe doing two a week, but I work full-time. I'm a dad. I have horses, so we're going to see how that works. So We will catch you next time, and thanks for listening.